Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Giving you guys another podcast. This one's coming direct from Let's Talk Dubs UK Invasion. I'm up here or was up here last week at the Volksworld Super Show, taking some time with my family and cruising around the United Kingdom. And at the Volksworld Super Show, I was able to meet a lot of really cool people, man. It was an incredible weekend. Some of the nicest cars met a ton of people. I've got a, 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 I've recorded about seven podcasts. I've got probably 10 slated to record coming up. Some of the heavy hitters from across the pond, and I'm looking forward to getting those guys on. Uh, this week, we've got a great one coming out for you, a guy who inspired me a lot before I started building the Bull Run bus. So that's right. If you're listening right now and you're waiting to hear Bull Run bus, take a shot. Go ahead and take a shot now. You're <laughs> you're up now. Some of the people that I met this weekend at Volks World Super Show were super cool. I met uh, some guys from the London Dub Club, guys from uh, Dead House, also Joe and Matt Webb, listeners of the podcast, Richie Morgan. Guys, not even on social media, huge fan of the podcast. He's got a super rad bus. I'll be getting him on the podcast, talk about his bus. He's got a panel van. If you've seen pictures of it, it's freaking rad. It's tubbed. It's channeled. This freaking thing is off the chain dude. So we're going to get an in-depth uh, interview with him and the build on that thing. I also talked to uh, Jake and Will from HR Auto Works. Just so many people. And I'm, I know that I'm forgetting several more that I met. It was just a crazy weekend. I thought I'd get some time to cruise around and look at stuff, but I spent most of the time upstairs recording podcasts with people, which, hey, man, I, I totally appreciate it. Some of the podcasts that we recorded to give you guys an idea of uh, the guests we'll have coming on. This week's podcast can be with Ricky James. I'm going to get into that in a minute if you don't know who Ricky James is. Also, uh, Richie King, uh, owner of Carmen Connection. Uh, Alex Bogan, you may know him, is cover the cover of Volksworld Super Show, 16 years old with his dad. Uh, they built uh, a 72 Bug. Uh, restored it from the ground up, like top-notch show car, super clean. Uh, Dave Andrews from Impy fame, got him, uh, first one to get him on the mic, get his history down, so that's a great podcast. Also, Craig Shaw from Limebug, sat down with him. Gavin Jones from Trailer Queen Restorations, uh, as well as Frederick Peters, who puts on European Buggin'. So it was a weekend packed full of podcast recording, and I was super excited and really uh, grateful to Paul Nighty Knight and Jolly Jim. Can't forget those guys for giving me access to the room upstairs and let me interview some people. They also put your boy in the flyer or the magazine that comes with the show. The show, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it comes in the show in the book that goes with the Volksworld show. So a little blurb there about your boy. Uh, it's pretty rad, man. I'm just, I was just really, really uh, appreciated that uh, Volksworld opened things up for me and let me get in there and do some interviews. We'll also get Paul Knight on there. I mean, I, I probably have 10, 15 podcasts that I still have to record from people across the pond. So guys doing big things over there. If you guys don't subscribe to Volksworld now, go ahead and go to Volksworld web search them. Go to Volksworld and Volksworld.com and pick up a subscription today. They've got some Pretty awesome coverage of a lot of really cool cars. And, you know, it'll kind of help pump up your game because you get to see a lot of stuff from the other side of the world and how they're doing things in in and around Europe, the way they're building cars. So it's pretty rad, man. I can't uh, I can't complain. So go ahead and uh, subscribe to Volksworld today. They get a free plug, man. They hooked me up. They really took care of me over there. So I can't, I can't tell them how much I appreciate it. First class uh, car show. If you've never been to the Volksworld Super Show, or I, they're just calling it the Volksworld Show now. If you've never been to the Volksworld Show, you owe it to yourself to go, man. It was uh, it was incredible. Always top-notch cars. Our boy Andy walked away with uh, Best in Show, one of his cars, the double cab that he built. I don't have the owner's name off the top of my head, but I got to kick with a lot of people over there. Jim Dix, <laughs> Java Johnny. I kicked it with him for a few minutes, man. He's the uh, UK MP expert, and we chatted about for a bunch of stuff. Uh, we got a podcast coming up with him, so we're going to do a deep dive on some MP. He's also, him and his good buddy, they started JGE Wheels, and we're going to get to the bottom of that, like what it takes to start a company from the ground up on your own, and then... Uh, uh, if the VW people are going to support it, uh, what happens when you create something that's no longer created, who comes after you with lawsuits, like all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to be coming up with a podcast with those guys, man. So I'm looking forward to uh, Java Johnny and kicking out a podcast with uh, with him and his partner over there, man. There's uh, there's a lot of a lot of great content that we're going to squeeze out of that lemon called the UK. And I'm up here in Scotland today as I'm recording this. So as when this publishes, know that 30 minutes earlier I was – cutting the intro and all that good stuff to this so I could get you guys a podcast today. But on today's podcast, well, before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to make sure you guys support our sponsors. Go check out Ross Wolf, high quality aftermarket parts for the people, by the people. Uh, go check out their website. They've got a ton of cool stuff hitting the market all the time. 
Go to RossWolf.com. Check out their stuff. They've got a lot of really cool items to pick up for your car. So you want some high-quality aftermarket parts, go check them out at RossWolf.com. Also, VW Trends Magazine. Go ahead and subscribe today to VW Trends Magazine. If you're out there looking for Dan, Dan's going to be all over. So make sure you follow Dan. You catch up with him one of his stops as he's going all across the U.S. to different VW shows to promote the magazine. If you catch up to him, you'll have the opportunity to win a lifetime subscription to VW Trends Magazine. So make sure you guys check out VW Trends Magazine today. And also, don't forget, you logo up. They're the ones that embroidered some shirts for me before I headed up here to the U.K. I came in looking on point. Big, giant embroidered logo on the back of my Dickie shirt. Yep. Top notch, bro. Looking good. They got them down to me by the wire. The dad left for uh, London. They were get, coming hot off the press. So shout out to uh, my guys over there at U Logo, uh, my buddy Ron over there. So go support him. You got something cool you want embroidered, put on a shirt, all that stuff. They can do it. Go to ulogoup.com. Now, let's get into this week's podcast. This week's podcast, I had the opportunity to sit down with a guy named Ricky James. If the name's not familiar to you, he's kind of low key on social media. He used to be, he's all over the forums. And Ricky James has a right hand drive, 54 Barn Door Deluxe that has been slammed, five speed, big type four since 1992, about then. I mean, this guy kind of laid the blueprint for what I followed in building the Bull Run bus when I was over there in the early days before I was on the Samba, I was on vintagebus.com cruising around and seeing who's doing big things with their buses. And Ricky James was the guy doing it, man. He's a great dude to talk to. He's been in the game for a long time. And he was doing barn doors before barn doors were cool. So... Uh, he was doing buses when bus guys were weird and he was making them cool. So I had a great time chatting it up with him. It's a wonderful podcast. You'll get to, you'll get to see what it took in the early days of doing buses as far as lowering them, spindles, brakes, five speeds, all that fun stuff. So that's a great podcast. I know you guys will dig it. Like I said, it was the inspiration for me when I set forth on the plan to build the bull run bus. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week. Ricky James, right hand drive, barn door, big power. On Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Okay, everybody. So on today's show, I'm out here. This is one of the first in a series of videos that are, that's the British invasion is what we're calling this. And I, I'm at Volksworld 2023. And I'm going to be doing some podcasts while I'm here. And I stumbled into, uh, I would say, my youthful VW hero. While, while all the guys were just sleeping, here I am on vintagebus.com. And I'm looking for guys that are building super cool buses, right? Doing things outside of the norm. And our guest today on the podcast is a gentleman by the name of Ricky James. If, you're, if you've been in the game a while, you know who he is. He's got one of the baddest barn door buses, mostly OG with big power. So one of the first inspirations for me for big power buses was Ricky James from the UK. Ricky, welcome to the podcast. Hey, pleasure to be here, man. Pleasure <laughs> so, to be here. What, you know what? That was a big, big upstart. Well, uh, wow. You know, I, I, what I... What, <laughs> What I did, you know, when I bought my bus, I, I bought a bus, I had a family on the way, and I thought, I still like big power, and I like that stuff. There's got to be somebody doing big power with buses. And back in those days, before I was on the Samba, I was on vintagebus.com. And I'm sure that you remember Vintage Bus. Absolutely. Tom Fitzpatrick. That, I mean, that's the yeah. site that all the bus guys were on. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you haven't been around a while, you would know that... Uh, that that bus that particular website was so early back in the day i remember we talked about it yesterday a little bit i remember when he sent everyone a he po did a post of his phone bill money yeah <laughs> and he was money. like hey guys this yeah. hobby's getting really expensive yeah. i got a 700 hundred dollar phone bill any donations that we could yeah, do to kind of help it. this because he was people were that's that's where we were all uploading our pictures right yeah but there was a lot of guys there wasn't a ton of dudes doing big performance stuff in the u.s with buses so i Wanting performance, that's what I was searching for on Vintage Bus, and I came across your bus. And now your bus is a 1954 Barn Door Samba. Right-hand drive. Right-hand drive. One of 17. One of 17 buses. Yeah. And you've been, in, you've been pretty heavily influential in the, in the bus scene here in the UK for years. You've been setting up the, 
the the bus what do they call it here it's just the a split screen van club the split screen van club you've Correct. been doing the displays here since the origins of since the dark days <laughs> right <laughs> and so i i want to get into to a lot of that but the, the way that it always starts on this podcast is what's your vw story and how did you get into volkswagens uh my father had a camper van uh he used to be a uh plowing match judge so that's like turning the soil and they do competitions you know at the end of the harvest and whatever and he used to go off and do these plowing matches all over the country and he used to take a caravan and he used to get stuck all the time in an old ford towing this caravan and one day he decided to buy a camper van and i saw this thing and i thought that is some seriously cool stuff i need one of them um, and then eventually I found I was on holiday in Biritz and I saw a split screen and I, I kind of had seen them because I'm from the area in the UK where it's some, you know, the holiday center of the, the UK, which is Devon and Cornwall. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen them around and I hadn't really noticed them because in those days I was into like Ford Escorts, um, RS Cosworth and shit like right. that. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, I saw this camper van. I thought I need one of them. And I was in Biritz and I saw one and it was a split screen. And I thought, whoa, what is that? that's what I need yeah. and it was a Samba and I thought I need to get a Samba well I didn't actually get a Samba I got a right hand drive Westie and that's it the ball was rolling um, I joined the club that was 1989 and um, got addicted totally addicted and uh, they the club in those days with all due respect split screen band club it was a bit pipe and slipper if you know what I mean yeah, the yeah, pipe yeah. and slipper brigade um, and it, the, everybody was quite mature and you know playing it cool and leaving the vans alone and just congregating in different <laughs> places and i joined the club and there was no displays of such you know they used to do stanford hall which was a, a big classic show um a stock mostly um but they wouldn't go to shows like bug jam because that was like that was beneath them oh no 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 we can't go there anyway I, you know um i just thought we needed to bring it up to up to up to modern times so um so I, you were like the young rebel that was in the i was club, yeah, and yeah they were like what's this kid ricky yeah, doing? what's he doing why is he doing this what <laughs> we don't deserve this anyway to cut a long story short i started doing displays at shows um, I just did it, uh, you know, and my job uh, um, in the club became display organizer and whatnot, and um, it just took off, really. We just brought it forward. And the, so the bus that I saw that you owned that inspired me was is your uh, 54 Samba, right? And how did you find that bus, and what's the story behind that? Because that, I mean, the, the thing that's interesting to me is you were doing barn doors before barn doors were cool. And what I mean by that is always to bus guys, barn doors were sought after, but they weren't very cool. No. You know what I mean? No. And, and the bus guys were always kind of the Dude, odd, bus, odd man Dude, buses out. weren't very cool. No, they, you know, they weren't. I, the first bug jam I went to, there was probably 10 buses there and everybody was like, what have you come in that for? It's bug jam. Right, you right. Know? And then all those people that came in bugs and now in, had kids and stuff and they're like, oh, I still want to go to bug jam, but I don't want to put up a tent. I know, I'll get a bus. Right. So now you go to bug jam and it's like 50% 50 bugs, buses. And, and, and interestingly enough, I mean, you started out, you've had this, I, I know that you've had this barn door since the early early 2000s, as far as I know. When did you find this barn door? Uh, I took it to the AGM, Split Screen Van Club AGM, in 1996. So you found this bus in 96? Now, I found it a long time before that, but I couldn't get it off the person that had it. <laughs> so now would, It took me 10 years to what, get it. Now, would, you, would it be rude to ask how much you picked it up for? 10 I, grand. 10 Which was... That was a lot of money back then. No, that was I, massive I, money. I, I had a 58... See, what I've done is I've gone from a 67 Samba to a 64, to a 62, to a 60, to a 58, and then I got the Ballon d'Or. Uh, I sold the 58 for £10,000, which was the right money, Right. and I bought this wreck for £10,000. I mean, it, it was a wreck. And everyone thought you were crazy. My wife nearly told me to get on my bike and go somewhere else yeah everybody was looking at it you know the the 58 was done and dusted and super clean and i was running original raiders 1835 gex engine disc brakes at the front right hand drive camping interior chestnut brown sitting wax red you know it was the business 
a cool plate on it as well. Not as cool as the barn door, but a cool plate. And uh, then I was driving around in this thing that looked like it had been pulled out of the woods. It had, it had the sunroof mechanism with no canvas. I didn't even bother to put a canvas on it when I first got it. I just, just used to smoke it to the shows and whatever. And if it got wet, it got wet. <laughs> And now, I was looking at it earlier today. Are the, is the front seat original upholstery? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the panel, all the interior panels are original. The headlining's pan, uh, original. What's left of it? <laughs> I mean, in, in, in hindsight, we, we look at today's market. That bus, if you found the bus in the condition you found it then. No, I wouldn't. To, well, well, to, <laughs> what I'm saying is today, if you were to find the way you found your bus, what would the value of that bus be today if you, were, if you found it? Probably three figures. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so it was mostly original. Yeah, it, it had a lot of stuff in it. It had all the original seats. It had everything. Yeah. Would I have done that? Would I have done what, I've, what I have done to my van now if I'd found it like, the, like it was now? Probably not. But... Well, times change, though. Yeah, the other thing you've got to remember is I do so many shows that sometimes I do two shows in one weekend and they're all over the country. Not like America where you've got to fly. I can drive to every show, so I do. And in order to do that, I don't want to be driving along with a 25 brake horsepower engine and doing 40 miles an hour to forget it. That's good. That's so murder. I wanted something that could get on the motorway and stonk along at 70 miles an hour. Right. You know, maybe. <laughs> And, um, and go to more than one show at a weekend because I was doing like 50 shows in a season. So I didn't want a slow old van. And I also took the seats out and put a camping interior, which came out of a 54 Norwegian bus. Um, I wanted a camping interior because, you know, I don't want to sleep in a tent. I want to be in comfortable up off the ground because it's damp and it's cold in the early yeah. season and late season. Just wanted something comfortable. So the seats came out and I put that camping interior in and then made it what it is, you know, a fast, comfortable reliable-ish monster well but i mean you know the first the performance mods are what got me like i saw that and i thought this dude he's doing what i want to do like he he's my inspiration for what i want to do with my bus i want type 4 power i i mean i wasn't lucky enough to find a you know an ir a, a five-speed 911 trans you know what i mean but you went through what made you because at the time that you're doing this, I don't know of anybody else that's got a barn door with a Type 4 motor and the five-speed and the IRS rear end and any of that stuff. In, in, the, in the early 90s, nobody's doing that. No. Not many people are doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, listen, I credit you for doing it because you built it your way. There's still plenty of buses out there. Your bus is one of a kind. It's fairly unique. Is the exterior on your bus all original? Pretty much. I mean, it's had a sill. Um, I had to put a sill on it because the sill was gone. Right. Um, um, all the running gear. I'll tell you what it was like. The gearbox had melted. <laughs> it had just drained away. Magnesium, what it does, it just phosphates and just... Right. So the gearbox was gone. The, 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 all the brakes were really, really, really shot. Where did you find it? Where was it? Um, it, it originated from Sweden. Um, a guy in the UK called um, Peter at Cogbox acquired it with a guy called Charlie... They had it for a few years. Where, oh, that's where I first saw it. And then I started basically hassling him to death to get it. And um, So he had it as a future project. Yeah, he had a couple of barn doors and he had um, some really early um, split beetles. Um, but I saw that bus and I was just just all over it yeah i mean yeah. It's, it's i a, fell in love i fell in love big time it's a phenomenal bus and i think i think what's unique is finding an early camper style interior to go in it was pretty cool yeah you know yeah well i can't i can't I, seats are no good to me I, you know I'm, i kind of live in my bus every weekend so that's it yeah <laughs> and we've been we, we've been all of my me and my family my two girls and my wife we've been all over europe in that bus so it had to be a camper and the cool part about it is it's super unique you know what i mean and and we talked yesterday about having big power in a bus and some of the uh, elation you get when you're able to go along the motorway and and let people know that they're not going to push you around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the other way around. <laughs> you know, and, and and that bus. Now, as far as technology and stuff that you did with that bus back then, how you've been running the disc brakes since back then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were doing stuff that nobody was doing. I mean, you couldn't find. Dude, I didn't have any choices. Two hundred brake horsepower. You could have disc brakes. You 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 can't stop the things otherwise. Or and the disc brakes you have in the front were they derived from what? They are nine eleven with uh, Golf calipers, GTI GTI calipers, but early GTI calipers. And what do you use for master cylinder? 
Um, I think it came out of a late bay. So you have a late bay master. You've got 911 front. So who did the conversion on the front for uh, you? Uh, Harry Harpix, Paul Miller at Harry Harpix. I went around. I went everywhere trying to say, listen, I've got these components. I've got this bus. Can you put Can you put it together? And it was beyond. No, no. Yeah, it was beyond me. I didn't want to get involved. I wanted to, but I wanted it. You know, I had this vision. I had this vision when I saw that bus. I had this vision, and the vision was big motor, five speed box, disc brakes all round, fast camper, slammed, and um, just some unique. You know, you know, unique stuff, some collectible bits and bobs that I already had. Um, and um, Paul Miller at Harry Har- Harpex, bless his soul, was the only person that said, I'll give it a shot. So it's all, you know, the narrow beam, it's got a narrow beam on it. Well, that's the original barn door beam off the van, you know, because there was nothing out there. there right. You couldn't go and buy things for it because they didn't exist. You know, and the, the fact that it's a 2.6, well, normally they're two litres. So you can imagine the work involved to turn it into a 2.6. And the heads are a work of art. So, yeah, you know, you, you, it was expensive to do because nobody did it. Um, and when anything goes wrong, it's a nightmare because you can't just go and buy, a, buy online another head or whatever. Right. You know, the work that's involved in it. I, I've spent... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot spent, of, yeah a lot but of you money. know what? In hindsight, it's worth every penny. Dude, when you when you're on the motorway on the outside lane and you you're doing on the autobahn, let me say, when yeah. you're on the autobahn where there's no speed limits right. and you're doing 90, 100 miles an hour and there's some guy in front looking at his mirror wondering why the hell there's some black Rastafarian dreadlocks everywhere <laughs> on his tail nailing it <laughs> and he pulls over and you just disappear in a cloud of smoke. When that happens, that's every penny spent was worth it. Yeah, and what are you running for carburetors on that motor? Uh, twin 48s. I, so my double cab, I've got the same. I've got a 2.6 liter with 48 IDAs. Yeah. And this is generations later. And I ran into that motor by chance. But it's like I have that motor and I just switched. Uh, the flywheel had some issues on that. So I just put my 2.3 liter in there. And there's a substantial difference between a 2.3 liter and a 2.6. Huge. My brother drove it and he says, oh, it feels the same. And I said, no. No. It doesn't you feel the same. You don't need to change gear. Yeah. <laughs> Talk I, is I mean, off the Richter scale. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a monster. And and I have a four-speed box in mine, swing axle, and I've got it geared super tall. Like, you couldn't push it with a Type type 1 1600 at no, all. No, no. But I did I did have a period where it was broken, <laughs> and I put a 1600 in it, and ugh. it just used to overheat. And it just was rubbish. <laughs> it was just rubbish. Murdered it was. It was actually not worth bothering with at all. Yeah, because it's so tall. But when it's on song, it's the business. And you know, you don't really realize how quick it is until you're driving along with other splits. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. It just destroys everything. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. No, that's. I think that's my favorite part is when you're next to another guy with another split, and he thinks like, "Oh, my bus is pretty quick," and you're like, "Oh, let's check it out." And he gets on there, and you're like, "All right, you done playing around?" And you just kind of yeah. Well, they're, they're like, ah, and you put it into <laughs> just and off you go. Yeah. I was driving towards to a, a show in Germany called Hesse Jordendorf a few years back, and um, we were doing a convoy from BBT. Yeah. Because Bob always does a really wicked job with the old, um, you know, we all congregate there the night before, and he supplies food and beers and we all have it's great and it's all vintage VWs and then we cruise down to um, Hester Schuldendorf or Bad Hamburg and um, we're driving down in a convoy of probably 150 pre-57 V-dubs and and I'm at the back and I could see this Porsche coming up on the outside lane it was a 911 I don't know 70s maybe 911 on the outside lane I thought Yes, it's time to have some fun. <laughs> so I went out to the outside lane, tucked in behind him, and we were doing 200 kilometers per hour and going past the convoy, and everybody was just going mental. It was yeah. just <laughs> what a buzz. I love it. Love it. No, that's I, it, 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 there's nothing quite like that, especially in a bus. I think one of the things with, with building my bus was it was kind of the oxymoronic aspect of this performance bus that no one thinks is a performance bus. Is a performance yeah, yeah. bus. And, it, and, it, and it's really the, the coolest part is being able to haul your kids and stuff with See, you. See, that's the thing for me. What I love, what I really, really love. One day I was driving around the M25 in my whatever it was, I don't know, modern car. And it was a grey Monday afternoon. And um, this 2CV came up alongside me. And I'm looking at, I'm doing 70 and there's 2CVs there. And I'm thinking, that's weird, you know, Citroen 2CV. And uh, I thought, that's weird. And I looked across. And the guy, he obviously knew me. He was going, like, waving his hands and whatever. And then he disappeared in a cl- cloud of smoke. See, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Disappearing in a cloud of smoke in a Nissan Skyline is not the same thing as an old thing that shouldn't right. be doing that. And I dig that. That's something I really dig. So, 
that's partly why I did what, I, what I've done to it. I like to see things, you know, it's just nice to see something that does something that it shouldn't do. Yeah. It's a bit like me. I do things I shouldn't <laughs> do. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I had some questions. We, you talked about the license plate on that bus. Now, in the States, we get personalized plates. It's pretty easy to do and all that kind of stuff. What's the process here in, in, uh, in the UK? Money. <laughs> So, so the plate that's on there is—is is, it looks like it says bus, but it's one three US. One three US, yeah. Which is pretty unique because now, did you custom make that plate, or is that an actual factory plate? Um, uh, I put I put the one and the three close a little together. closer together, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. kind of yeah. closes yeah. the B together. I've never been stopped by the police for it, so it's obviously illegal. And and the thing is, they're legal unless the automatic number plate reading system in this country can't read them. Then they're illegal, and they obviously can read it because if I go into the if I go into town, you know, into the restricted area where there's smog zones and all the rest of it it um, knows i've been in there so it's obviously they can their automatic reading system can but read it. what's the so what's the process like is that is that an old plate number that was already issued at one time that you had to dig up and re-register and do that do you know what? i'm glad you asked that it's because i did a little bit of background work into it and um so the way you go about it is you find a plate that's appropriate or that you want or right, that's right, got right. your initials or something relevant to what you're into and um, you buy it, and there are various websites that sell them and whatnot. But that one I found in a newspaper in Glasgow. And um, I tried to buy it back in two, uh, 1996, and I'd already bought the engine, the bus, the gearbox, the brakes, and I didn't really have what he wanted. And I, I, I sent him pictures and blah, 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 blah. cut a long story short, it wasn't happening. We couldn't agree on a price because I didn't have the money. So, so he was wanting a lot. Like he, he was selling, it was a VW guy selling that plate? No, he wasn't a VW guy, but he knew it was, a, you know, it's only it was, it's two numbers and two digits. So it's going to be worth a lot of money because, you know, you can't make plates here. You have to have plates that are registered so by, by, the, by the government, by the DVLA. Is, is the vibe with that like, oh, that's an OG? car because it's got really old plates is that kind of the the thing with it or is there some kind of status that comes well, with having a really old you plate? kind of have an old plate with an old vehicle if your vehicle's old nine times out of ten and have an old plate well it has to have an old plate you can't put modern um, a later plate because it it's kind of when you get up to the modern day you can't put a a, a, a brand new plate on a car that's three years old because it's not a new car you right know what i mean so they are date registered so to speak and that one um, the guy who had it wanted, I'll tell you, I don't care. He wanted 9,000 pounds for it. Wait a second. 9,000 pounds. In 1996. For that plate. For that plate. That's insane. Dude, dude, plates go for a million pounds in this country. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You can't just make them up. So that's why they're expensive. So, so here in the UK, you can't just get a custom plate, call the DMV and say, listen, I filled up the form. No, 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 I no. want it to say Ricky's bad bus. No, they don't no, do no. that. No, 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 no. That's why they're expensive. That's why they're expensive. Because yeah, no, they've got to exist. Sense. So anyway, I, I said to the guy, look, um, can, we meet, can we meet at a price? And he was kind of adamant. He wanted his nine grand. And I, my wife was saying to me, Rick, let it go let it go and i'm like but i want it. it this is the van it needs it's a special van i need to have it and let it go rick so i did i let it go well i didn't really but i kind of chilled out and to cut a long story short my mum passed away a few years ago and she left me a little bit of money and she, she in her will she said it's got to pay your mortgage off or help towards paying your mortgage off and of course i didn't because i'd already paid my mortgage off and i thought hmm this is about the right amount I need to buy that plate. So I rang him back, whatever, 15 years later. I rang and him back. And he still had it. He still had it. Get this, it was the same price. So I bought it. So my mum paid for that number plate. Yeah. And it's such a cool plate. And it's not Ricky. It doesn't say Ricky or it doesn't say my initials or whatever. It says bus. So it's never going to devalue because it can go on any bus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you think about, you know, your American football teams that you fly everywhere. Well, our, our football teams, they drive everywhere in these really lovely coaches with stewardesses and toilets and all that kind of comfortable sofas and whatever. And those buses, when they're put on the road, they're about a million pounds to build and, and to purchase. So when you've got a number plate like that on it, it's kind of cool. So it's, so it's wide open for anybody to buy at some point. I don't think it'll ever come off the bus, but if it does, yeah. it's worth a little, it's shitload. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. It's <laughs> worth a lot more than what I paid for it now. I mean, the prices of private registrations have gone through. But I mean, to get in part, in part of this, and one of the reasons I did the podcast is so that people understand, I mean, really how good we got it in the U.S., right? And I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty flexible. They're not as, they're not as rigid as there because let's say with, with my 65 bug, I, I have a license plate that says, um, rag chop on it. 
and I just went and got a, I went and registered the car with that as a, as a vanity plate. And then I didn't like the plate that they had. So I, I, there's a place on the website where I bought a license plate, a Nevada steel oh, yeah, stamped yeah. for 65 and I can get any number configuration I want. So everybody looks at my plate from 65 and says, how did you find that plate? I'm like, it's called it. They called the place and ordered it. But I just use, I register it with a legal plate right, number right, right. and I switch the plate. Can you do that? No, here? no. Well, you can, you can, you can transfer plates, but they've got to be, they can't be any newer than the vehicle that you're putting it on. So if I had a, uh, it, that doesn't work actually with old cars, but generally speaking, if you've got a, a 1996, I don't know, Ford, right. and you want to put a 1998 plate on it, you can't. It can only be earlier. Because the number is specifically designated for the year. For the year. Got it. And now, in current time, the, it's divided into two sections in the year instead of just one. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. And that's why it's so expensive, because you can't just put anything on. So you've got to find the plate that you want, and then you've got to try and buy it. But then once you get the plate, so the, what year is the license plate on your bus from? I was going to come to that. So I did some background work, and I found this book. Um, online and it's um, I actually have got a hard copy now but it's a, it tells you where every single registration because registration numbers were they weren't nationwide they were county wide mm -hmm. and that plate was first registered are you ready for this 1926 oh get out of here yeah man 1926 how cool is that that is too cool I mean that's that, so it's a 1926 serial number is when that, when that number came out in sequence. When it was registered, yeah. And then... I don't know what car to, because there weren't very many makes of cars back then. There computer that was, That's crazy. That is crazy. And then, so that... In plate, Glasgow. So it was still in Glasgow. Is the front plate... Is the front plate... Are, so those, that, that's the plate number, but your plate's been modified. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get... The, you'd be very lucky to get the actual number plate from 1926. So when you... So this guy owns the number. Yeah, it's a document. So it's a document that's to the number, and then you can have the plate reproduced. Yes, correct. So you don't even need to have a plate. No. So can you... So just by chance, could you randomly search a plate, find it's unregistered, available, and buy it? If it's available from the DVLA, yes. If it's a private individual, then yes, you probably can. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And what happens is when they destroy cars, because obviously lots of cars get destroyed, they retain the number plates. The DVLA, the driving license people, retain the, the number plates. So when a car is written off, the DVLA keep that number plate. So that's why they, they, they sell plates as well. Oh, really? So it's a kind of a government-owned thing, and they can sell plates to you as well. So there's a site where you can try and find RJ1 or right, right, whatever, right. whatever you want. But um, wow. they're really expensive. And the cool thing is, the yeah. cool thing is, I was on a website the other, well, I don't know, whenever it was. And um, websites are usually a complete, but they're so expensive. And um, I was pondering through this website, and I saw 13AY. Get out of here. Mm. And I'm thinking, God, that's going to be big money. And I've got a really rare bay. And I thought, oh, that would be so cool on the bay. Three thousand two hundred pounds. Wow! So I bought it. That's. I mean, that's ridiculously inexpensive. Based on. I mean, based on what you're telling me. Oh, I could not believe it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be ten, fifteen, twenty grand. That's so cool. So I bought it. So you snagged it up, and you you own a bay still. Mm. What what year? It's um, it's a nineteen seventy. A nineteen seventy bay. So early bay. Mm. The lo as they refer to the low lights now. <laughs> a low light a indeed. Low, a but, low light. But this bay. is the low light of low lights. So is it, is, is it lowered? It's so rare, I've never even seen one before. Really? I've, and I've been, I've, I'm bus mental. Really? Yeah, off, off my head on buses, and I've never seen one, and I've been to so many shows, and I've never seen one, so I bought it. And it looked okay, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it was, it, you, got, you, got, you got bamboozled by the glitz and glamour of how it looked. Uh, we got four years of welding, that's what we got. Oh, good <laughs> grief. Now, you, you bought it at a show? <clears throat> no, 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 I've, I found it. Yeah, I found it in Sweden. So, like you, you, I mean, obviously, you're you're one of the OGs from way back. So you're constantly as you're driving. My wife sees me doing this all the time as we're driving through the countryside. I'm looking out the window constantly. I see a farmhouse. I'm looking. I'm yeah, looking for. Got to be something in yeah, one of those barns yeah, at the yeah. back, whatever. She's like, yeah. "What are you looking for?" It and I'm like, "You know, what we're looking for. We're looking for Volkswagens because we." It's called addiction. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and as you're driving, you're kind of hunting these things out. So. Is Sweden, you know, for this, uh, those of us like me from the States don't get it. How, like Sweden, how far, what's it take to get to Sweden? Do you go to Sweden quite a bit? 
No, <laughs> not at all. Um, I've got a network like everybody, you know, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of VW people, and when things come up and pop up and whatever, I, I'll tell you how, um, what's the word? Stupid I yeah. am. I'll tell you how stupid I am. I've been buying parts for that van for 15 years. I've only owned it for two. <laughs> for the bay? <laughs> yeah. So what? So what? You said this bay is pretty rare that you've never seen a bay like this. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I the only thing I can. What think, is unique about this bay? Oh, I'll tell you what. The, I think somebody must have gone to Volkswagen and said, "I want, um, I want the best bay you can provide me with," and when they go through the list of you know options, mm-hmm. they ticked everything. Really? Yeah. I I've never seen anything like it. It's. Yeah, it's off the Richter scale. So give it, I would so, say I would say it's rarer than my Samba. So for so for people that don't really know the bays and the options stuff like that, what, how is this thing optioned out? Um, well, you, you uh, option right hand drive, left hand drive, loading doors on the left side, loading door on the right hand side. Um, what, so interior, what sort of interior? This yeah. one's obviously right hand drive. It's right hand drive, and opening doors are on both sides. So it's a double door slider. Yeah. Wow. And it was and it. It was it a people mover or a uh, camper? Uh, f- uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A seven-seater plus a buddy seat that goes between the two front seats, which is another version. Oh, of, get out of yeah, here! Yeah, that I've never seen. But wait for this: steel sunroof. Get out of here! I mean, it's awesome. It's got an Abus Spatcher. It's got a servo, which wasn't introduced till '73. Um, it's got everything, and it's the Lotus White with Indian red interior. The combination, like Seamax red and yeah, beige, yeah, yeah, yeah. grey, it is the business. But it's not quite there yet. And uh, so, with a, with that bus, does it have a double fold down middle seat? Correct. And it was in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a rare. You know, I've never seen one because I've never seen one. The, the bays used to get overlooked quite a bit, right? Unless, like, in in the, in the, you know, because you always have the split screen van club, right? Which the bay people they're not allowed to be in that club. I mean, they, things oh, well, may have changed. Yeah, but, but the bay bay have their own club, so correct. and, and it, it's just that's the way it is, you know. And, but even you go to Octo bays, <laughs> bays aren't allowed in. Yeah, well, you, you know what I mean. And and with the bays. I think that's one of the things that if, if someone's smart now and they're playing their cards and they're hunting bays that like the champagne edition, like yeah. certain bay window buses you can snag out there. Dude, they're all going off they're the Richter money in the bank. They're all going off yeah. the Richter scale. I mean, even some of the early T25s now are getting a bit silly. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I think I've always loved them all. I've loved them all. I love the modern day. I love that. What is it? The ID. Mm-hmm. That is one cool. Really? Bit of kit. I've never seen, oh, I haven't seen it in person. Dude, but they're yeah. awesome. If yeah. you've not driven one, you uh-huh. have to drive one. If you like speed. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I, I've driven as far as buses, right? I've got my 62. Uh, well, my, my limo bus, I've got the 62 and then I've got the 67. And as they progressively get newer, they're so much more comfortable to drive. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. They, lose their, they lose their kind of character as well a bit. But that ID thing, man, cool. wow. Electric acceleration is something else. But the only downside to that is, you know, you see one on the outside lane doing 80 miles an hour, and you wouldn't, you don't, it, it, whatever. Yeah. When you see a bus doing 80 miles an hour, you're like, what the? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, no 100%. Now, we were talking about suspension on your on your bus, on your barn door that you did in the in the early 90s, right? The suspension that you did was IRS conversion because you put a 911, a 915 box in there, right? Yeah. You've got the Type 4 motor in there, so you had to convert it to IRS. Yeah. Which probably Bay. I don't I don't know who was doing that at the time in in early Bay. early buses. Yeah, you only used you only used components that were available and the only thing that was IRS was a bay so that's got it's got a bay. So you I did have, a rear bay swap on yeah. it. And and we were going to put a bay front beam on it but then there was problems with the wheels sticking out too far and I thought you know what forget that. Let's I was down I think I was at a run to the sun or something and I saw a couple of cars in like 1990 and they got narrowed they were like hot rods mm-hmm. hot rods and I kind of saw narrow beams and I thought on bugs no 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 these, these are like hot rod 30s oh got it got it yeah yeah and i saw this i think it was a popular a ford popular which is kind of the poor man's ford really mm-hmm. and it had this narrow wheel on it narrow beam with a really skinny wheel and i looked and i thought that would look crazy on a bus because you you do you know you get you know that that money shot where you're the back's facing towards you, but you you can also see down the side, and you can see that the front wheel is not there. Right. And I thought that would look sick on a bus, so we narrowed the beam, the original beam. <laughs> Good 
And what was I thinking? No, you're, you're, listen, you're, there's more barn door beams. You want one? Yeah, they're yeah, out there. Yeah. I'll find you one tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But with narrowing the beam, who was narrowing bus beams at the time? No one. Nobody. So what year did you narrow your bus beam? 96. In 1996, yeah, nobody. I I don't think nobody any, here in the UK for sure. No way, no way. So how did you get the idea to narrow it? By seeing that Ford popular. So you just you went to your guy that that does your fabrication stuff and, and said, "Can you narrow the beam?" And he said, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Because it would look sick." He said, "But it'll handle awfully." I said, "I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Just narrow it. Just narrow it." And so, so are you still uh, no rack and pin in the front of that? It's just no, regular, no, no, still stock steering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, drives, it drives pretty good, actually. And, and the, the just the 911 fabrication for the front is a lot of work. To I don't know if you fabricated the spindles. Did you do flip spindles on that thing? Is drop it spindles, custom, yeah. So drop, drop spindles. spindles. So custom made drop spindles. No, I think they're off. Uh, they they. Hang on, no, I didn't have drop spindles initially because they weren't available. No, you used to flip the spindles. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah, flip yeah. them and, and run them on the other side. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Them. And then it had an adjustable bracket bolted onto the beam so that you could raise like it. Like a selector load. drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like teeth and stuff and yeah. bolts and whatever. So it's a manual thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that bus is, has really, I mean, I'm looking forward to your next project that you'd be coming up with, with your bay window. I mean, hopefully, uh, I don't think that'll be quite so radical because it's, it's bolt on now these days, isn't it? It's easy. Yeah. Know? But I, but I mean, still to see that bus optioned out that, er, that, that early bay optioned like that, that's a pretty unique bus to come out. with. I've got some real cool stuff to go on it. Stuff that you've never seen that nobody's ever seen, you know, things for bay windows that, one-offs things that i've you know because i've been touring around looking for bits and bobs for it for years so i've got some really cool stuff and i've got a crazy set of wheels for it as well so oh really yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that thing come out like i said you you know you, you inspired me back in the vintage bus days to do you know to kind of give me to show me that there was guys out there doing performance bus stuff mm -hmm. and you know and there's been a while where you know to me you kind of disappeared off the internet at least like well not, i don't want to say that but like there was a time in the early 2000s when everybody's lower vintage bus then we move over to the samba when vintage yeah. bus shuts down yeah and then after that i think like 2010 i kind of just stopped talking on the forums and all that stuff and it kind of gets old hat oh i was i was still doing the shows here i you know i've never stopped but i didn't i wasn't quite so active let's say the word active on the internet and i don't have a facebook page or get involved in facebook but i think i'm gonna have to because it's just like it's really difficult to organize anything without being on facebook these days so and it's pretty easy to just click a button and notify 300 people and yeah well i think i'm gonna have to do that because yeah. everybody's telling me to yeah <laughs> well we can we're gonna have a class on that later for okay guys yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like a bit of training <laughs> <laughs> but you know that you know the the definitely the landscape of the hobby has changed quite a bit in respect to you know the acceptability of buses and what people have been looking after as far as you know seeking now the older stuff in your opinion back from the early days i mean obviously there's way more early stuff that's on the road now or maybe it's maybe they're owned by enthusiasts that bring them out because uh, there's been so many buses you know we were talking to a gentleman coming upstairs what was his name uh halvian fabian yeah yeah fabian so he drug a bus out of the woods you know a, a 1951 samba was it yeah the, the oldest existing samba yeah. yeah and resurrected that whole thing and as you look at the scene today like outside how many buses are there that i mean is today a smaller turnout than normal or is typical turnout for what you have it's a, it's a bit quieter than normal yeah yeah and and the, is this the first show since the whole COVID thing or is this the second second, the second, second one? yeah yeah and those, that's, that's the question you said about are there more earlier there are there, there's a lot more earlier stuff now in the UK because the UK is bus mad I mean really bus mad um, and so and because of the value of buses people are taking on projects that normally you wouldn't take on because yeah, they're, just trash just, can it. they're just so far gone you'd use anything that is usable and the rest would go in the scrap bin but now anything is and we're looking at that bus that we were discussing earlier on mm -hmm. the 51 anything looking at that anything is restorable if you've got the chassis plate and you've got a few bits and bobs and a bit of this and a bit of that then uh, yeah it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, game on there's a, quite a few people in the uk that will find something and bring it back flat packed and then resurrect it i mean uh, you know some people say well that's not a proper bus and whatever but at the end of the day if it if it's another bus on the scene and, and it's made somebody happy and you know we go to the barn door gathering and there's 
twice as many buses as last year, then that's all good, isn't it? That's all yeah. cool. And and, and you're know. probably, I mean, when the barn door gathering was first happening that you were going to, how many buses would be there? I did a barn door gathering in 2001, I think, um, in, in Essex at Carmen Connection, Richard King. He said to me, can we get some buses together? I said, yeah, let's do barn doors. And we had about 15, I think, back in those days. Barn doors. Yeah, and that was quite cool. And now the plaques that you got, that I print, got printed for that, um, huge money. Because every time I do anything to do with barn doors, like the barn door gathering, I do these little plaques that you stick on your dash or whatever. Right? They, they're going for stupid money. <laughs> really? Yeah, stupid money. And it's like... The first year you had 15 buses, you made 30 of them, you threw 15 in the garbage. Like, I should... <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> what am I going to do with these? Oh, I'll put them in my garage and I can't find them. <laughs> they're gone. But, um, yeah, so I, I've just been... I th- it's not just about barn doors. It's just about buses. I mean, when I first got into it, it was bus central. All I could think about was buses. All I could... Every show, it was a bus, 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 bus. And then it became... 99% buses and 1% people. Now it's gone all the way around and it's like, you know, it's my friends, they're all my friends have buses, all my friends yeah. are into it and, you know, and it's about the people now. But um well, but I think that's I think that's the unique thing, right? I I virtually met you by seeing what you were doing on the internet from all the way across and never did I think sitting in my spare bedroom on the computer looking getting ideas for my bus build did I ever think that 20 plus years later I'd be sitting here having a podcast with you about the history but but what's so cool about it is like as far as hobbies go this is one of those hobbies that that's to the core yeah and you're in or you're out and, yeah and, and and it's always baptism by fire in the Volkswagen yeah you yeah. know because it's like the, the I did a podcast and I can't tell you how many podcasts I've done with people where they bought their first Volkswagen and on day one it leaves them stranded somewhere <laughs> and it's like welcome to the world oh, of Volkswagen dude, dude, so many times <laughs> you know but it's one of those things where you're so you're so committed to the cool like you don't even care you're gonna fix it you're gonna limp it home you're gonna do whatever it takes and you're gonna you, you're not gonna sell it you're gonna bring it back you're gonna show these guys it runs it's reliable whatever the case is well, you know some of the cl- some of the older the old um vintage shows that i go to uh, you know some people well a lot of people now they they trailer them they yeah. trailer them and i don't blame them because it's a long way you know you've got you know if you live in cornwall you've got to drive nearly 400 miles well no 300 and whatever to get to dover then you've got to drive halfway down through germany to get to these shows it's a long way you know you're talking probably a thousand mile trip well not everybody wants to do that i do yeah. <laughs> i do because my bus is kind of comfortable doing that yeah and when i get there you know i was i was down in barcelona with my family and we we were parked up and no no we were driving around barcelona and the police pulled me over in the bus you drove the, the bus to barcelona yeah see you're one of them <laughs> yeah yeah of course i did anyway okay, so yeah. i'm in barcelona and the police pulled me over and um the guy looked at me and said english i said yes yes uh, from oxford in england he said um you have come from oxford in this <laughs> I said, yeah yeah he said carry on <laughs> Because <laughs> it just just thought we were mental. Yeah. But, um, you know. Well, I mean, I think the difference is the weather here is a little. Um, it doesn't get as hot here as it does in no. the desert where no. we're at. So w- with us, it's always that that pill of uh, do we want to risk blowing something up? Because we also have a massive grade between L.A. and Vegas. Right. And it goes through Death Valley. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it's really hot. Yeah. But yeah. we, you know, we've taken our. We we uh, my bus probably has. I would have to say, realistically, everybody exaggerates their numbers. I would say my bus probably has close to 30,000 miles on it since it was built in 01. And they're all, a lot of them are just road trip miles, you know, where, we, where we've where we gone back to Octo and back. And usually we do that in like February and October when it's cooler. And and our buses, my brother's, mine, they're all built to run, you know. So it's, it's pretty insane when you see five buses bombing down the motorway and they're just, they're all pegging at about 80 just in and yeah, out yeah. of traffic. Yeah, all but close together. Yeah, yeah. It's the A-team. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's, it's so cool. And it's really one of those things where, you know, you, you have to, what I was bringing it back to is it's about the people, you know, you'll get people that are fair weather VW fans. They come in, they get out, they do that kind of stuff. But over time, the guys that, that it's to their core, they're still in the game. And it's all about really the people because it's a genuine, it's, there's a genuine aspect to being a VW enthusiast where it's like you're, you're a resourceful guy that's going to figure out how to make it work no matter what. Do, do you know what, what it is, what it really is? I've been involved in different kind of car shows and trends and all the rest of it 
But the thing about the VW people, all of them, to be honest, they're just nice people. Yeah. They're just nice people. And there's, you know, all this kind of rivalry and all the kind of, uh, I don't know, all the egos and whatever. The VW people are just really good, honest, nice people. And that's part of the reason why I've stuck it out so long. Yeah. Because, you know, I, 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 it's nice to be around nice people. You yeah. know, and have the same have the same enthusiasm about a specific vehicle. So, you know, I'm just like it's just it's just what I do. I can't see anything changing. I'm I'll probably do it till I can't. Yeah, because that's what I do. Well, I, I tell you, Ricky, I'm glad we get to sit down and chat. I yeah, mean, it's, it's been great, it, man. It, it's been a it, it it's been awesome getting to talk to you about some of those things that back in 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 the early 2000s I couldn't you know we couldn't communicate. I don't think they had they, they had the message board and stuff like that, which is kind of an ordeal to to do back then but you know your bus did give me a lot of inspiration for the stuff that i did see do you know what the i got inspiration from tom fitzpatrick's website and there was a picture of a it was a samba i think it was a 52 um and i i had my 58 at the time no i didn't i had my 60 at the time and i saw this thing and it was a black and white picture from just uh, what was the vw hot VW Trends, mm -hmm. and I saw this picture of this thing, and it was black and white, and I thought, that's a, that's a barn door. I saw the engine lid, I thought, whoa, that's cool. And I could tell that it wasn't chestnut brown and ceiling match red, because it had a light, it had a light colored top, and I thought, ooh, I wonder what's going on there, and it looked lowered. This is way back. And then I saw a picture of it in color, and it was purple. It was like a dark purple and cream. And um, I saw that, and I thought, yeah boy look at that that is something else so you know we're all inspired by something yeah no and, and, the, and the good part is to you know sometimes you don't know how many people you inspire by creating the cars that you that, that taking you risks on the road but it's like and doing something different is one thing you know everybody remembers ricky james bus i tell you when i when i first started doing i kind of documented it a little bit with the old polaroid snaps because right. back in those days and i was putting them i think i was putting them on vintage a vintage bus and um I got emails from people who weren't very happy about what I was doing. <laughs> I got this one email from a guy in America, and he emailed me, and he said, May you be bound to the barrels of hell for what you are doing to this bus. <laughs> he, no, he wasn't. He was German. <laughs> and then I got another one from some guy in, I think it was in Germany. No, it wasn't Germany. Oh, that was the American guy. And he said, um, uh, what was it he said? What you're doing to this bus you are a vintage Nazi. And I thought, that's fairly heavy. So I emailed him back and said, dude, do you have a right-hand drive barn door samba? He said, no, of course I don't. And I said, I do. It's mine, and I'm going to do whatever I want to it. <laughs> no, and that's, and that's to me is the best thing about the hobby is, is every car is a blank slate, and it's for your own creativity to, to kind of display your desires and, and to be able to execute your vision onto that car. And I, and, and, and I think it's great. And I know, and the, the, the best thing about it is most of those people that probably complained about it may or may not even be in the hobby anymore. Don't care. And, and the reality <laughs> is your bus is driven, it's enjoyed, it's done what it's supposed to. It's brought you, your family, and all kinds of people. You joy. know, when you, know when, you, when you started doing your bus, your mm -hmm. red one? Mm -hmm you had this thing in your head, didn't you? You had this kind of image that nobody else knew about. You have this image in your head of how you want it to look, how you want it to perform, and you have this kind of like dream, if you want to call it, a dream of how your bus is going to be. That bus out there is my dream, and it's still there, and it's still exactly the same as it was. I've changed the spindles because it's got drop spindles on it now. I've, we were talking about mileage, how many miles you've done. I count my miles in engine rebuilds. So the engine's been rebuilt a few times. I've snapped the crank and the flywheel and snapped drive shafts and blah, 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 and destroyed gearboxes. But it's still exactly how I wanted it back in the day before I had it. That dream that I had, it's still out there now. So... I've ticked all the boxes that I need to tick, and I'm really happy with it. I love it, and I love the reaction it gets from everybody, whether uh, it's good or bad. Hey, I listen. For me, it was good, man, because it gave me inspiration to do what I do and 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 to build the cars that I've built. And uh, I think it's great. I'm excited that we got to sit down and chat. I like media. Anything, anything that before we wrap up that you think we didn't cover that you wanted to. Tell you what was interesting today. Uh, yesterday, I pulled in to start work and put up the banners and everything to do the club display, which I love doing, by the way. And um, I didn't even get a chance to unpack. And a guy came up and he said, um, "Yeah, I've got my camera crew here. Can we do a quick shoot?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? What do you mean a quick shoot? Yeah, your band's never been featured because it hasn't. Right? It's never been featured." And I thought, 
ah, yeah, why not? So we went up and he did about 500 shots in about half an hour, turned it around this way, that way, the sun was shining. So that was quite interesting. I've never really done that before, so that was, that was cool. And I, you know, like for me, and I, and I come from the shiny car world, right? And my, my whole thing was when I built my bus, I really wanted to take it down to the VW, the VW Classic in Southern California, and debut it there. How far away is that for me? For you? For me, it's about three hundred. It's about three hundred miles. Oh, that's doable. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Up over and down. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we went there. I debuted it. My wife helped me put the carpet kit in last minute. Like all these things. I mean, she's she's such a trooper. And so we get down there, and I debut the bus, and I take the first parking spot in the bus rows. No one had seen 17-inch wheels on a bus. You know, they're all they're all kind of freaking out about what I'm doing to this thing. And I get I take first place the VW Classic, and that day I got featured for three magazines. Wow. And to me, I was like, mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm like it, that because it was what I wanted to do. And then I didn't. Some guys were walking around camera crew, and they, there was a there was a TV show on the fine living channel it was the history of the volkswagen and at the end of it they they wrap it up and they interview they the, the vw classic they interview bob hole who puts on the vw classic and then randy carlson and then they come to me and they just kind of came up to me and said hey it was randy carlson that's who it was we were talking about that um that deal that went wrong oh, when, the sh- yeah. when the bus got to the port and whatever so he built another bus for them how cool is that yeah that's, how cool is that that's that, that's a solid move yeah you'll have to explain that one sorry <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. No, no but but you know it was like it was on that day when i when i got my bus feature because for me i started looking at magazines that's where my inspiration came from originally and it was like getting featured in a magazine was like the pinnacle for me and so for me even for you i'm stoked that you got featured because it's it's a time stamp at a point in time when it's like in spite of everything everybody ever said every you were so cool before it was cool. I, and that's, and, and, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, they just, they just had to catch up to where you were. Yeah, yeah. You get was, what I'm saying? It was out there. It you, was were doing, out there. you were doing the patina thing before there was a patina thing. I mean, I, I, I'm being serious about this because if you think about it, the patina craze probably started mid-2000s, mid-early 2000s. Right? Correct, yeah. And a lot of it was... A lot of it was kind of like buying the Ed Hardy jeans and stuff like that. Everything's pre-worn and all that stuff. But for you, your focus was like purpose-built and your money was spent on performance and not looks and and functionality over fashion. And now, 20 years later, they're like, oh, we need to feature your bus. Your bus (laughs) is so cool. But it's like, I think about that. The other thing is they see it all the time, every show, and it's just become part of the the uk scene it's just everywhere because i go to all the shows yeah you know, part of the woodwork so, so people just like oh yeah it's ricky's bus and that's it they just don't think about it because it's everywhere but well, you know what do you know what it's on the internet it's been on the internet forever um so i wasn't really worried about a feature but it was a nice thing it was a nice thing to happen oh. just another feather in your cap yeah along with all the tick marks on the side when you blow past porsches on the autobahn yeah <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Dude, love your work, by the way. Hey, it's I listen, been great talking to you. I, I, I'm glad you came on. And when you get your butt, when you're ready to debut that bus, the Bay, the early Bay, I'll let you know. We'll have you back. Yeah, for sure. For right sure. On, for sure. Thanks, nice man. to meet you, man. If you like that podcast, and I know you did, share it with your friends. We love when you share the podcast. Copy and paste whatever app you're listening to and send it to all your VW enthusiasts and let them know where to get some good VW talk. If you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the merch tab and support the podcast and go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. You give us a five-star review, we give you a shout-out. This week's shout-outs, first is Mr. Dan1976. Five-star review says, Bill is doing the VW community an amazing service, conversing with incredible guests and sharing stories and knowledge about the best car on the planet, the Volkswagen. Gamber61 says, best podcast out there for old school VWs. I have a 61 ragtop that Bill has reignited the fire in me to get it back on the road. Thank you for your great content and your guests are always outstanding. And Open Road says, Bill provides the Volkswagen community a podcast focused on not only about the culture surrounding the automotive scene, but guests, outline technical information, and historical value. Those guys all gave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you pick up some merch, you get a shout-out. So this week, Jeff Few out of Jerome, Idaho. Appreciate you supporting the podcast and picking up some merch. 
I'm super excited to bring you guys more interviews from the United Kingdom. Notwithstanding that, we'll still be bringing you some new content each week. Even while on vacation, you'll still be getting stuff. I almost forgot. Go to letstalkdubs.com and register for one crazy weekend coming up at the Orleans Hotel and Casino, October 6th and 7th. Do not forget, the hotel sells out quick. Get on there, book and reserve your rooms now for October 6th and 7th, one crazy weekend. Until next week, guys. Later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen.